Hey everyone, welcome back to Tooth and Claw. Today we have a special little Mother's Day bonus episode for you guys. Wes prepared a couple of stories and uh, I guess that's burying the headline a little bit. We also have the Larson mother. That's right, Wes and Jeff's mom, Cindy, is on the show with us today. And uh, I've gotta say she held her own. This also means, and uh, forgive a quick plug to our Patreon, I know I do it all the time, but I just gotta say that everyone subscribed to our Patreon is getting two episodes this week. Uh, the first one was a mini episode on beavers that was led by Jeff and turned out really well, and uh, this is the second one, and uh, this one goes out to all the mothers out there. So yeah, tell your moms you love them. And uh, without any further ado, let's get into the show. Oh, and also, if you're a new subscriber to our Patreon, stick around to the end of the episode where we'll shout you out by name and uh, give you an extra special thanks. Uh, extra special. Uh, we'll just say thank you, and and we'll mean it. We'll see you guys over in the bonus mini-episodes over on Patreon. All right, now let's get to the show. All right, we are here for a very special episode of Tooth and Claw. Uh, we've got Mike. Hey. We've yeah. got Jeff. Hi. And we've got mine and Jeff's mom, Cindy. Hi there. <laughs> she is here because we're doing a special Mother's Day episode. And you guys have heard us mention her a few times on the podcast now. My mom has sent us a lot of different stories. Mom, you are a pretty big fan of animal attacks, right? I am. I've, I've studied them for all my life. <laughs> uh, we always got Reader's Digest growing up. And a lot of times they had a section, Drama in Real Life, that a lot of times had animal attacks in it. I want to make a clarification, though. Okay. Because once you said on the podcast that it made me more afraid to read those. Yeah. And actually, I think it makes you practice more like what you're going to do if something happens. You think about it. Yeah. Well, anyways, thanks for being here on Mother's Day, Mom. So we are going to talk about a few different attacks. We're going to go into a little bit of science on the mama bear instinct. But really quick, I wanted to talk about something we were just talking about, which we brought up before on the podcast, which is misophonia, which is when you really hate certain noises. And uh, a recent thing that my mom's been doing is when I call her on the phone, she'll immediately just start eating. She decides it's a good time to eat. No, yeah. no you call me during when we are eating. <laughs> well, Sometimes you're been not a, eating. Yeah, there's been a few times you you're eating. not eating, and then you'll start eating. I'll be like, are you eating something? We actually cook. We don't do fast food. <laughs> Last so, time it was a so graham it's cracker. it's just like done. <laughs> Did you cook the graham cracker? Uh, <laughs> let me just say... Today, just like in the living room, she huh. ate a piece of celery, yeah. which is like fine, yeah. but I don't think I can physically eat a piece of celery that loud. <laughs> what? <laughs> so mom, this I is should actually, have gone down the basement. Yeah, this is no, actually I just a mom that. roast. Yeah, we're just roasting you. <laughs> yeah. Was it a good piece of celery? It's, celery's loud. Was it, it good? It was crisp. Yeah, yeah. you're enjoying it. Apparently graham crackers are really loud too. <laughs> I guess so. That's just a funny thing that's been happening recently on the phone. And then I always feel like a jerk because I'm like, hey, hey, mom, why don't you just call me back when you're done eating? <laughs> and then you always take it a little personally when I do that. But oh, I would never. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we bring it up right now, you don't take it personal, right? Anyway, there's a lot of other things I'm sure we could get into That's right why now. I really like you, Mike. A lot of stuff you just really don't like about your mom. Yeah, what else? We'll don't... get into that later. <laughs> what no, else can we talk about? We really, we really like our mom a lot. And she's been very um, patient with us our entire lives because we do, we do some dangerous things. And, and you've always been very embracing of our 
of our lifestyles with animals and with everything else. So Mike is pretty lucky. cute. She was telling us that on her drive out here, she was practicing talking like she's on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. It's yeah. hard. It's yeah. it's hard to just tell a story. I, I was really surprised that even to tell it to yourself, it's not that easy. It's it's maybe even harder when it's just to yourself because then you you start to feel really ridiculous about five seconds into it. Yeah. Um, but there's some drills. We can give you some talking drills if you want. You. Put the pencil in your mouth, yeah, and you've never you, given me these. Enunciate. You, you're just so good at talking. <laughs> oh you don't need them. I actually recently, when I have something happen that I want to remember, I just do my voice memos and tell stories to myself, and that's worked pretty well. Mm. But anyway, this. Well, your out dad there always talks to him, so. Yeah, but he doesn't tell stories. That's yeah. like a private. We're, we're never going to have him move. on the podcast, yeah. though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You could look into that. Anyway. <laughs> So we have two stories today that involve moms and involve oh, wow. animals. Okay. Uh, maybe animal moms too. We don't, I don't know if. One you don't of know them, the gender? One of them I don't. Okay. Um, one of them I do. But are we ready to just get started on the stories? Unless you want to roast mom a little bit. I think I'm good. <laughs> okay, let's get into mom, it. Mom, do you want to roast us at all before we get started? No, I think, I think I'm good. Okay. Um, there, I, there was another thing I wanted to clarify. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So Wes has mentioned movies quite a bit, and not just me, Jeff and no, Mike. No, but you too. mentioned the ones that have that uh, hurt you as a child. What did what did you say? Like traumatized? Tra- traumatized you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was against the rules for you to watch bad movies, like hard, violent movies. Like I yeah. really tried hard to. I snuck. I snuck and watched a lot. Yeah, of and also when I was gone, like your dad's the one that let you watch arachnophobia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. arachnophobia and, was the one that he really blew yeah, with. Yeah, the Jurassic was, Park. You had to. You had to read the book first. Yeah. And um, Jaws, I don't know about Jaws. I don't remember Jaws. Jaws, you guys. Jaws, I remember clearly. It was my sixth birthday. And you guys were like, we're going to let you watch Jaws. I don't know. You Wes, did. That's, that's pretty young. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I remember that I one. was very careful about what you watched. And then Apparently when not you that said, careful. Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> and then when you said Ghost in the Darkness, that was R. You can watch R-rated movies. <laughs> what happened with Ghost in the Darkness is that you and Dad saw it on a plane. Yeah. And you came back and told me about how you watched it. Right. And then I ended up watching it once it was on TV. Okay. But Jaws, you let me watch pretty young because I was obsessed with it. And arachnophobia was a huge blunder by dad. Oh, that was terrible. Because I I didn't even feel safe pooping for like years after that. That was terrible. I was so Um, mad. I truly held in my poops for a long time. Yeah, what was it called? Sitting. Sitting? (laughs) (laughs) Just go to the bathroom and sit on my heel rather than poop. Oh, anyway, we're not going to okay. get into that. Yeah, oh, uh, we could go we ahead and save it for like yeah. its own podcast. <laughs> we'll save that. Anyway, so today we have two stories. One is about a mountain lion attack and one is about a Nile crocodile attack. Nice. So before we start, I we have gotten a lot of comments from people about mountain lions in particular, and they seem to be one of the animals that people most worry about when they're outside that they think about most often. And I just want to reiterate that you're more likely to be struck by lightning or killed by a dog than attacked by a mountain lion. It's very, very rare that they attack people. If they did see people as prey, they would attack us literally every single day. There'd be people being attacked all the time. So basically, don't like not be afraid of them. Just be more afraid of lightning and dogs. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they deserve our respect. 
they have the potential to attack people, but it's really, really rare and it hardly ever happens. And I don't want people being afraid of them. So like I did a little bit of research in this. As of 2018, there'd been a total of 125 attacks documented in North America in the last 100 years, and only 27 of those were fatal. Uh, in comparison, African lions, which are much more likely to see people as prey, kill over 100 people per year. So in the last 100 years, 27 people in North America have died from mountain lions, but lions, African lions kill up to 100 people per year. So that just goes to show like they really don't attack people that often. So you really don't need to be overly worried about mountain lions. There's a couple things that you can do to take the right precautions so that you're going to have like almost zero chances of actually being attacked. And that's what this podcast is for, to give you guys those tools so that you're not afraid. Our victim today in our story she probably thought that she would never get attacked by a mountain lion, and she did. So there always is that chance. But if you're prepared and you're ready for it, the chances of it ending in tragedy are really slim. That's kind of the whole purpose of this podcast. I don't want you guys getting more scared because of the podcast. So are you guys ready for our first the story? The whole purpose is what? Uh, to try and not scare people. I mean, these stories are yeah. interesting, and they're obviously like everyone likes hearing about this kind of stuff. But we can learn from them. Right. And that's what we're well, trying to do. When I was growing up, everyone said, um, play dead with a bear. Right. And now you don't say that. Right. And so it's good to know that you don't play dead. Yeah. And, and I, you shouldn't be scared. Like, you we, shouldn't. we'll just keep yeah. telling you that. Let's get into our story. In August of 1996, so Jeff, you were about what, like seven, six or seven years old? Yeah. Okay. Seven. So that uh, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because one of our victims in this story is about that age. Oh wow! So in August of 1996, Cindy Perlin was a 36 year old mother. Her of name four. is Cindy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her name's Cindy, and she has a seven year old son. Yep, and, and it's not me. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. not you. This isn't about us. Uh, she's a 36 year old mother of four, and she lived in Princeton, British Columbia. Um, so Princeton's a small ranching slash mining town in the interior of British Columbia. It's surrounded by forests and mountains and wilderness. It kind of, I looked it up, it kind of looks like Western Montana. It's very like rolling mountains and, and lots of pine trees and very beautiful. So Cindy was really, she was very comfortable in the outdoors. Like she actually thrived in them. Uh, she was regularly camping and recreating. And then during the fall, she would actually be out hunting on horseback and searching for a lot of different animals that she was hunting. Like many other people in Princeton, she also knew that there was a lot of risks associated with time in the outdoors, anything from like temperatures to freezing water, and then of course, the potential for animal attacks. So Princeton has moose, has mountain lions, has black bears, and then the occasional grizzly bear also will wander into that area. So Cindy had spent a lot of time, for sure, thinking about what she should do if she were to encounter one of these animals. Our Cindy has done that as well, right, Mom? Yep. A lot uh, of parallels so far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's thought a lot about it, but those kind of dangers for her only added to the allure of the wilderness. It was something that made it that much more enticing to her. Earlier that summer, two different children in different places were attacked by mountain lions on the same day in July in British Columbia. Oh, wow. The attacks had made news, and many British Columbians had mountain lions on their thoughts throughout that entire summer. Because it was this crazy thing where on the same day in two different places, kids got attacked. So on the afternoon of August 19th, Cindy got her kids, Stephen, who was 6, Melissa, who was 11, and David, who was 13. And then their horse is ready for a ride through the backcountry. And they were going to meet up with their husband, Les, and their other son, Billy, at a cabin. And they were going to camp for the weekend. 
Sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. So all the kids were really comfortable on horses. They'd grown up around horses. They'd done trips like this before. And just like Cindy, they really loved spending time in the outdoors and they felt really alive. Anyways, they had been riding for a little while, like a little over a mile. And the kids and Cindy, they noticed that their horses were starting to get really nervous and they really couldn't figure out why. But a few seconds later, the cause of the horse's fear revealed itself when a huge male mountain lion exploded from the brush alongside the trail and ran straight at Stephen, who again was the smallest and youngest of the group. So we've done a mountain lion episode. I've gone over some mountain lion facts, but I just wanted to run through a few of them before uh, we get back in the story. So they're found throughout North and South America. Uh, they have a lot of different names. I usually say mountain lion, but you can also say cougar, puma, catamount. Uh, they're all names for the same cat. Puma con color is their, their scientific name. Okay, so in the U.S., they're found primarily in 14 western states and then Florida, but there's some small populations that exist in other states east of the Rockies. They're just like a really impressive predator. I mean, they mostly deer and elk and small mammals, but they can take down, uh, yeah, they can even take down a full-size elk. Jeff, you've seen a few mountain lions. Yeah. What would you say when you see them in the wild, what's like the thing that you think of? Sneaky. Yeah, they mm -hmm. are very sneaky. Exactly. Yeah. That first one, the first one I ever saw was with Wes, and we were hiking to Fly Lake in Montana. Yeah. And I was, like, staring at my feet, just walking, and Wes goes, deer, and I look up, and, like, there's this big boulder 10 feet in front of me, and a giant mountain lion had just, like, come out from it, and yeah. then Wes immediately went, mountain lion, uh -huh. <laughs> and then it just ran up the mountain, and it never made one single sound. Yeah. Like, it was super crazy quiet. how fast and quiet it was. And as we talked about in our last episode, they have a really unique way of killing their prey, which is they jump on them and they bite them in the back and they put their teeth in between those vertebrae and they sever those vertebrae and that's what actually kills the prey. So they're not necessarily a cat that goes for like the juggler, jug, jugular. Um, juggler is yeah, a circus guy. It doesn't uh, like jugglers. They yeah, <laughs> literally separate your your spine your vertebrae back there and um it's a it's a pretty awful way to die but it's also very quick yeah it's cool like how good they are at that yeah yeah they're amazing if you want more i'm not going to go into too many details because we do have stories today or two stories today but um if you want more mountain lion facts just go back to our other mountain lion episode and you can get caught up on the rest of it let's get back to our story uh the mountain lion was charging at six-year-old steven steven's on his horse still and the mountain lion pounces. It lands on the neck of Stephen's horse and slips off. Immediately it attacks again. And this time it actually just grabs his shoe and pulls it off, which was a little weird that like this mountain lion's really missing. You yeah. Know? Um, which makes me think it could have been a younger cat or maybe something was wrong with it. I thought you said it was a huge male. Yeah. You know what? I shouldn't have said huge because it didn't say that in any of the story. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's a better story. Actually, I think I it, might, I I think it might have said it was big. I think it, well, I think, okay. So I should point this out. One of the articles I read did say it was big, but then there wasn't any like weight for it or anything. Right. Okay. So I don't want to. We'll assume it's big. We're going to assume it's big because that's what the article said, but I don't like to say that if I don't know for sure. And the horse is just standing there? Yeah, so we'll get to that. <laughs> so Stephen had gotten pretty lucky at this point because these attacks had been off target, but his luck's about to run out because his horse, as Jeff just brought up, like had had enough of this mountain lion jumping at it, and it started bucking, and it bucked Stephen off. Um, oh, so it's uh, like, here, just take what you want? 
yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So it was too much for the horse, and then the bucking horse was too much for Steven. So he falls to the ground, and the second he hits the ground, the cougar's on him, and it's tearing into his scalp oh, geez. Uh, with its teeth and its claws. So Cindy, his mom, is watching in horror as in a matter of seconds, a mountain lion shoots out of the forest, jumps on her son and his horse, and is now like trying to actually kill his, her son on the, on the ground. So she knew a lot about mountain lions, actually, because she'd spent a lot of time in the woods. And she knew how quickly they could kill their prey with that bite to the back of the neck. And so she knew that she really didn't have much time to react to this. So rather than think about it, Cindy just let her instincts kick in. And the five foot five mother dropped from her horse, ripped a large branch off a tree and just rushed at the cat, which is pretty cool. (laughs) That's really tough. Hard to rip a branch off of a tree. I know. It's exactly what you would have done, right, Mom? Yep, exactly. (laughs) No, for sure. Okay, I believe you. Yeah. So screaming, Cindy starts clubbing the cougar with the branch, and this snarling, angry cougar immediately turns its attention to her, and it swipes at her, and it rips a large gash into her arm. And so now- You think it's meowing at her? It might be meowing Mm -hmm. at her, yeah. (laughs) Now at this point, she's probably too close to it to use the branch anymore. So she actually- um, was trained in karate so she grabs it and starts punching it and oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and kicking it and stuff and the two were wrestling on the ground yeah so she just like full-on engaged this cat and started wrestling with it so at this point david and melissa the other two kids they've dismounted from their horses their horses also get freaked out and run away and they watch their mom wrestling with this cougar and they just watched their little brother get attacked by it And she screams at them to grab Steven and just to get out of there. So their horses, as I mentioned, had taken off. So they grab their little brother and they carry him a mile back to where the family car was parked. Jeez. Yeah. So they just leave their mom fighting their their mountain lion? Because she's full on just screams at them, like primal scream, get out of here. And that's probably her karate training. Like she knows it's disrespectful to have more than one opponent at a time. I don't think so. No, no? she wanted them to be safe, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, okay. She wanted them to be safe. So they get to the That's car. That's what you would have told us? Yes, and the little guy, I mean, his head's all bleeding. Yeah. And yeah. so they had to get him out of there. Well, I think mm. when Cindy, when she engaged this cat and like started fighting it, she did it because she knew I'm trying to save my kids. Right. So she wanted them safe as get possible. Away. That's yeah. all she was thinking about. This is a really good mom. Yeah. Like, uh, and we're going to get into just how good she was. So when they get to the car, Melissa stayed with Stephen in the car and David went around the campsite looking for help. And he found this guy, Jim Mannion, who armed himself with a 12 gauge and then jumped in his truck with David and they drove up to where the attack had happened. So Cindy, at this point, remember, they had to hike out a mile and then go find this guy and come back up. So at this point, she had been alone with the mountain lion for almost an hour. Jeez. And when Jim and David approached the area where the attack had happened, Jim wasn't optimistic about finding her alive. Uh-huh. So he was really shocked to hear her screaming. And so he follows her, her sorry, he follows her screams to where she was still being attacked. And the for mount- an hour? Yeah, the mountain lion was laying on top of her. Blood was everywhere. She'd been worn down and ripped apart. And when she saw Jim approach, she looked at him and all she said was, are my children all right? And he replied, yes. And after hearing that her kids were safe, she replied, I'm dying now. So she literally just stayed alive to make sure that her kids were okay. Once she heard that her kids were okay, she died. She died. Oh, man. Yeah, it's really tragic. But she collapsed and the mountain lion continued to guard her body. So Jim, he didn't know whether or not she was still alive. Jim has a gun, right? Yeah. 
But he was afraid to shoot because she's like right underneath this cat and he's got a 12 gauge. So shotguns, if you guys aren't familiar with shotguns, it shoots a spray of pellets. So he wasn't confident enough to shoot at the lion. So he fired near the ground and his plan worked and the cat actually left her and started slinking towards him. And then he cocked another round in the shotgun and he pointed at the cat and squeezed the trigger only to hear his gun jam. So he quickly like backed up against his truck and he's frantically trying to clear this jam on his gun. And right as this cougar like jumps at him, he clears the jam, doesn't even have time to pick his gun up to aim. Mm -hmm. So he just fires from the hip and hits it in the rear and spins it around. Oh, And the cat runs off into the brush. That's cool. I can't believe that it would attack him too. Yeah. We'll get into what might've happened in this attack, but there's definitely something up. Yeah. Uh, so Jim rushed to Sydney, Cindy, but her fight with this lion had been way too much for her. She died. Yeah. An hour is so long. Yeah. And this, and it was definitely a cat that was predatory too. It wasn't just, you know, defensive or whatever. It was, it was trying to kill her. So she had really given her life to protect her children. Stephen had been nearly scalped, but he received 70 stitches in his head and he ended up making a full recovery. One thing about Cindy too is once the cat attacked her, she had to keep the cat with her so that yeah. the kids could like get she, away. Like, held on to she did not want the cat to leave her. Right. Because then she wouldn't be able to, if the kids were half a mile away, she wouldn't be able to run up and save them again. Yeah, true. So she had to keep the cat with her. Yeah. Which is just terrible. Yeah. If something's biting you and ripping into you, and imagine like feeling like, I have to keep yeah, this going. But, I mean, she but was she a mom. She did it for an yeah. hour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this of all the stories we've done, this is one of the more incredible ones and probably the toughest person that we've talked about so far. Yeah. She really is amazing. Anyway, she was uh, posthumously awarded the Star of Courage Medal by the Canadian government, which is the second highest award for bravery within the Canadian system. So God knows what you have to do to get the highest yes. award for bravery. <laughs> if like holding a, a mountain lion that's trying to kill your kids for an hour gets you the second highest. Yeah. Like, oh. Anyway, it's like an incredible story. I'm glad you sent this one to me, Mom. Yeah. Both because of like the parallels with the name, obviously, and then Jeff being that age when it happened. Well, and then she had two other kids with her. I have yeah. three kids. But yeah. um, the other thing that really hit me was David, the oldest or the oldest son that was... He yeah. was back with the guy in the truck. Right. And so he actually uh, like saw he actually mom. saw his mom yeah. still. Yeah. And then they put her in the truck to try and save her. Right. And they then, took her to the hospital. So he but was, she was there dead. for the whole thing, which yeah. is really sad, I think. Yeah. Uh, it, the amazing thing to me is just that she like literally was holding on yeah. until she knew her kids were okay. Yep. And then she was like, okay, that's okay. it. I'm good. Pretty amazing. It's a good mom. A really bad good, horse. Really good mom. Bad <laughs> I know. horse. Well, even <laughs> if a couple of the horses had have stayed, it could have been a different story. Yeah. Because they could have ridden for help. Cowards. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah, they could have rode their yeah, horses. Yeah, would have gone out. a lot faster. So really, there wasn't a ton. And this is why I, I wanted to bring up that. You know, I said a huge cat, but I don't know. The lion did die. Um, They found it about 150 feet off of the trail. But there wasn't, in any of the information I could find, there wasn't any information on the actual lion, whether or not they tested it for rabies, whether or not it was starving, how young it was, how old it was. So there's really a lot of guesswork in this one. But there's a lot of things that could have caused it to be so tenacious with this attack. My guess is that it was a, a cat that for some reason was starving, kind of like our lions of Savo that, you know, they had a broken tooth or whatever, and they couldn't down, they couldn't pull down normal sized prey. So that's my guess is that this 
whatever, for whatever reason, it couldn't tackle a deer anymore or kill something like that. So it was turning towards Steven, who was, you know, the smallest and easiest of all these things to grab. And then once she got it, you know, in involved in this whole fray that it probably just turned its direction towards it's her. It's still a little weird though, because he was on a horse. So it's not yeah. like he just looked tiny. No, but they know, I mean, mountain lions are smart enough to know what's a horse and what's a person. They yeah. don't just see it as one thing. Do you want to hear my take on it? Yeah. I'd love so to. <laughs> yeah. I think there's mean people in the world. And so I think there can be mean animals too. Okay. That's my opinion. And I think uh, some animals are just more grumpy. The tiger, I don't know that all tigers would. But is it mean would... for a lion to kill a person? Well, when he. Because that's like how they yeah, survive. That, that's that just lion, how they... Those lions went for so many people. Okay, but if you think they about it then. They went to this train station ch- even. Like chickens and cows think they were the meanest jerks in the world. Yeah. I don't know. I think that there's mean <laughs> animals just like there's mean I'm people. On, I'm on Cindy. All right. You, if you ever phone. run into like a hornet's nest? They're mean. We're gonna. We're gonna <laughs> I never did anything to any of those guys. I've been stung by so many yellow. Jackets. What we're gonna do is we're gonna change our terminology a little bit, and we're gonna say there are animals that are more aggressive than other animals, uh, and whether or not that's just that they're that's in their genetics and they've been they're more aggressive because of their genetics or because of the situation. I do agree with you on that. That there are animals, and like I even know there's like lines of bears that are just more aggressive and they pass that through their genetics and those particular bears are more aggressive. But I don't think we should ascribe uh, human tendencies of being mean or evil to animals because well, that's Wes, not... if I may, yeah. <laughs> in, the Simp- in the Simpsons episode, Bart gets an elephant. Yeah, Stampy. Yep. At the end of the episode, he's <laughs> in an elephant park yeah. and he's just headbutting another elephant over right. and over. And they're like, why is he doing that? And the elephant person's like, well, kind of like humans, some elephants are just jerks. Totally. And Homer's headbutting him. Yeah. So, yep. aggressive. Case closed. They're like, some animals are more aggressive <laughs> than other animals. But for us to say that because this mountain lion was trying to get a meal and attack Steven, that it was a jerk or mean. No, it's just it's looking for food yeah. because that's what they do. There's a lot of different things that could have it played was, in. It was too. demonstrating behavior that of a jerk. It was, yes. No. We don't know for no. sure this specific one was mean, but I actually think there are. That's fine. I'll allow you to are... keep that belief, but okay. it's not a very scientific one. Well, now you guys know what I have to deal with. What this is, what we're doing right now, is called anthropomorphizing, and it's when you take human emotions and characteristics and put them on animals when you can't prove that they actually have those. So what we can prove is that certain animals are more aggressive than others. And also what we can prove is that certain factors and characteristics and settings will lead an animal that typically won't attack a person into attacking a person. That's what's probably was happening here. We have a crocodile story too? We do. Should we move to that? I think we should. But really quickly, I want to say just again, like what you're supposed to do. uh, You know, we'll get into this when I ask you guys the the category of what you do when you see a mountain lion. I also really want to quickly say... My mom is not an animal expert, so don't listen to her on that stuff. Uh, Another thing, a really interesting thing I wanted to point out about this story is that this one really illustrates why bear spray is such a good deterrent for animal attacks. Because had this guy had bear spray instead of a gun, he could have sprayed him. He would have sprayed her. It probably would have hurt, but it would have stopped the attack then and there. And he wouldn't have been worried about killing her. And then his gun also did jam. He probably was really used to shooting his gun. 
But when you have an animal attacking you, a lot of those rules go out the window and bear spray really gives you a lot more room for error. So I would really, I really, I, I carry bear spray and then in times I've carried a gun too, but I would always go to my bear spray first and the gun's very much a secondary defense. Okay. Our second story, we're going to talk about crocodiles for the first time on this podcast. So we're probably at some point, we're going to have a full episode dedicated to crocodiles and we'll go into all the nitty gritty things about about crocodiles. So we're going to kind of just glance over that on this one because it's a short story. So in April of 2020, (laughs) Marina Musasinyana and her two sons were enjoying a beautiful African day on the Runde River in eastern Zimbabwe. So I probably messed up some of those pronunciations, but... Sounds nice, though. Thank you. It's a good picture. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Her sister-in-law was with them, and she had offered to take this small family fishing, and Marina was really happy for this chance to be outside of the village and on the river fishing with her family. So 30-year-old Marina had grown up in the area. She felt very comfortable on the river, and they had set up a beach umbrella for the two young boys that they had with them. So her two young boys were playing under this umbrella while the two women were fishing, And she was like kind of getting lost in the rhythm of the river and like kind of tranced out. You know how it is when you're fishing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you just kind of zone out. Yeah, you zone out when suddenly screams from her sister-in-law broke right through that trance. Mm. So Marina turns around and she sees any mother's total worst nightmare. Her three-year-old son Gideon is being literally dragged down the beach by a crocodile towards the water. Oh, man. Yeah. Wait, so it's a saltwater crocodile? Nile crocodile. Oh, so that's different. Yeah. So Nile crocodiles are the most plentiful and largest crocodile species in in Africa. The maximum size they've been is like 20 feet long and and 2,400 pounds, which is just massive. Yeah. But averages are about half that size. So they're found in 26 countries in sub-Saharan Africa, and they're so populous that they actually are considered a species of least concern. They're not in a lot of trouble with their conservation. So along with other crocodiles, they have the strongest bite force that's been accurately measured up to 5,000 PSI. So that's approximately four times stronger than a grizzly bear. They're generalists, meaning they'll pretty much take whatever prey they can get. Um, and they'll also scavenge dead animals. Oh, I like that word. Generalist. Generalist. Yeah. Yeah. Just so whatever comes up. They along. knew there's crocodiles in the river and they're like kind of, it's in their mind, right? Yeah, Totally. Uh, anyone, anyone that lives in sub-Saharan Africa when they're around water knows that there might be crocodiles in it. A couple of more things about crocodiles. They do have sensory pits along their jaw that allows them to detect even really minute vibrations in the water. And then they have conical sharp teeth that are designed to penetrate and hold rather than like cut and chew. Um, that's mm. why they just have all those long kind of sharp teeth or really sharp teeth. Uh, they're widely considered to be the most dangerous crocodile in the world. They're responsible for hundreds, if not thousands, of deaths every year. They're the animal in Africa, aside from like snakes and mosquitoes, that are responsible for the most deaths. More I than heard hippos, it hippos. More than hippos, more <laughs> than lions. Okay. Uh, they're ambush predators, so they'll wait underwater for prey to get close enough. And then they drag their prey underwater and they drown it, kind of like we talked with alligators. And then they use that gator roll to rip chunks off that are big enough to swallow. All crocodilians don't chew, they just rip off chunks and swallow. So they use the gator rule, but they they're do. not alligators. They're not. They're not. They're all okay. crocodilians. Crocodile, crocodiles, alligators, caimans, they're all crocodilians. They all have very similar behavior. Crocodiles are a bit more aggressive than alligators. 
Which ones uh, are you there's into? There's that word again. Mike. Yeah. This is crocodile jerk. <laughs> it's a mean, it's a mean crocodile. Oh, We're not, this isn't going to become a thing on this podcast. <laughs> this croc sounds like uh, a real jerk. I like how Wes said he's not going to say much about crocodiles and, and then, then he yeah. can't uh, help yeah, himself. Yeah, he has to answer to the, the question you were about to ask Wes, I, I'm a gator guy. I was always more of a crocodile guy, but recently I've been more into gators, I think. So what was the kind that you always slept with when you were little? The, the uh, rubber mom. one. Was that a was that a alligator or a crocodile? That was an alligator. Okay. Yeah, but it was hard to tell. It wasn't very okay. correct. Okay. If you do, if you are looking to tell the difference between them, when a crocodile closes its mouth, you can see its teeth pointing up and its teeth pointing down. When an alligator closes its mouth, you can only see its teeth pointing down. Mm. Also, alligators have a broader snout. They're typically more black in color. Crocodiles have like a brownish color pattern typically crocodiles are more aggressive they have a narrower snout and then alligators are only found in the u.s and china crocodiles are found they are actually also found in the u.s in southern florida throughout central america oh really yeah Hmm. a little bit of south america africa asia australia kind of all over that tooth fact is totally going to be this new stalagmite stalactite. Yeah. I'm going to know that there is a way to tell yeah. which one's which, but I'm never going to If you remember. can see both directions, it's a crocodile. If you can only see one direction, yeah. it's an alligator. I've already forgotten. Oh, I, thought you, <laughs> I thought you said it the other way the first no. time. No. Alligator <laughs> is only down? Yeah. Crocodile is both, both directions. Which Got one's it. only up? Uh, neither. Okay. <laughs> see... It just gets more confusing. So the crocodiles, I think they ha- look like they're kind of smiling, sinister, a sinister smile. <laughs> yeah, they kind of does. Yeah. yeah. You like, just think all animals look mean, huh? <laughs> okay, so let's get back to our story. Uh, the crocodile was trying to drown Gideon, so it was dragging him down to the water where it could drown him and eat him. Marina wasn't about to let it succeed. As the crocodile was about to enter the water, she sprints over. In an act of desperation, she grabs the animal's or the animal by its jaws, and then she shoved her fingers up into its nostrils. Wow. Yeah. What a move. Yeah. Yeah, So this was actually a tip that she had heard from her village elders, and she knew that crocodiles breathe through their mouths when they're on land, but when they're underwater, or sorry, when they're on the surface of the water or when they're eating, they breathe through their nostrils. So because it was subduing prey, this quick-thinking action by her pretty much shut off its airway. Uh-huh. And she said, she was quoted to say, if you suffocate a crocodile from its nose, it loses its strength. And that's exactly what I did. So really cool that she knew how to do that. And yeah, that actually awesome. worked. Because usually I feel like those little tips don't work. And where they're like right at the bank of the water. They're right, right it's about to get into the water. Yeah. So that's what I like about her as a mom, too, because she thought about it. She was prepared because she did live around crocodiles. Right. So she knew what she was going to do. And... When you got into bears and we started talking about bear attacks a lot, you know, I practiced with my bear spray all the time. Good. The the cap, the the little safety yeah. thing. So I feel like I would at least know how to take off the safety and spray the bear. Yeah. And if you're around these animals all the time, especially a crocodile, which is responsible for a lot of deaths in Africa, you do think about what you would do. Now at this point the crocodile's on the defensive. It's have its it's has airway shut off and she's got her fingers up its nose. So she uses her other hand to pry open its jaws. Because it's on the defensive like this, it's probably released that pressure. And she pries open its jaws, which were still clamped down on his head. And she frees her baby boy, and the crocodile, as she freed him, turns and bites her on the hand, and then it turns off and goes into the river. 
Mm. Like Just, Captain Hook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except they didn't fight off her hand, oh. luckily. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of mean. It is a little, yeah. <laughs> Just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave, but I got to bite you before yeah. I do. We, we mentioned their bite, their bite pressure, but I think it's important to note that that doesn't mean every time they bite down, it has that amount of pressure. They have a lot of control with how hard mm. they can bite down. Because that could have like crushed its skull oh, if totally. it wanted If to. it was just like, I'm going to kill this thing right here, right now, yeah. it probably would have done that. And I also don't know how big this crocodile was. There wasn't any information on how large it actually was. Mm-hmm. But Gideon's face is pretty cut up, and the cuts in the blood were actually making it difficult for him to breathe. So they rushed to a hospital where both um, him and, and uh, Marina were treated, and they both have fully recovered as far as I um, understand. Okay. So... Another really cool story, this one not nearly as tragic as the last one, still pretty scary, like to turn around and see your kid being dragged into the river by a crocodile. Yeah. yeah. But uh, again, like a mom that didn't really have time to think or decide whether or not it was worth, inter- you know, interjecting into this thing, like she just ran and attacked the animal. Moms just do that. They do. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. You two are fishers. We're you, what? You like fish. Yeah, we're fishermen. Are you into fishing really at all? You know, I fished when I was growing up. Okay. I think this story is a little rich with irony mm-hmm. because they're just sitting there fishing, totally ruining some f- innocent fish's life, <laughs> pulling it out, <laughs> taking away its ability to breathe. But all of a sudden when it happens to their kid, it's a tragedy and they have to go save the kid. Yeah. You know? What do you have to say there? Fair enough. I don't have anything to say to that. Yeah, it's a good but, point. Yeah, it's a great, great point. Great point. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so... Right before we went on that little tangent, which was a good one. Yeah. Um, was it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. My mom had brought up this kind of instinct in mothers to defend their children. And this is actually something that's been tested a little bit. Uh, it has this kind of colloquial name of mama bear instinct. Um, but essentially, we all have a fight or flight response to threats. Every animal does. And for humans, a lot of times it's flight. When something comes and you know is, is threatening, our instinct is to run away which we've talked about in this podcast is usually the worst thing you can do. But um, with moms protecting their kids, there's this switch that turns that flight into fight. And scientists have actually looked into this and they found that oxytocin, which is the same hormone that's responsible for like bonding and love is responsible for this instinct. And the experiment they did to test this is really interesting. They conditioned rats to associate a peppermint smell with a slight electric shock. And so these rats, anytime they smelled this peppermint shock, they would get shocked, or this peppermint smell, they'd get shocked. And then after that conditioning, anytime they'd smell it, they would freeze because they were anticipating the shock coming on. And then they introduced these rats' babies, and then they introduced the peppermint scent. So they were like, oh, a shock's about to come. And rather than freeze like they did before, they actually attacked the tube that was spraying the scent in, oh, and wow. they pushed nest material up against it to try and stop it from putting that scent in the, in the cage. And then what they ended up doing after that is they blocked the, ox- the oxytocin in the rats, and they found that after they blocked that hormone, they started freezing again. Kind so of made th- me like rats a little more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. And there's a lot of really interesting science out there about mothers protecting their young. Something we brought up recently was residual reproductive value, which is that- With the raccoon- uh, well, mostly with bears is what I was thinking. Right, oh, yeah, but, but it was in the Patreon episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Residual reproductive value pretty much says that a younger female is going to be, like in bears, is going to be much more likely to abandon her young because she inherently knows I'm going to have five or six more litters of cubs. Whereas an older female, if she's like on her last litter, she's going to defend them really 
intensely. There's just a lot of really that checks out with our mom too. Yeah, when, think, when we were young, she I don't was think like, she whatever. would have sacrificed for Sai. Yeah. And then for you, maybe, but for me, for, for you, sure. she'd yeah. fight to the death. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with that. <laughs> so that's it for our stories. Uh, thanks, Mom, for sending those along to me. These were handpicked by Cindy Larson. Well, yeah, great story. Uh, You're yeah. welcome. You know yes. how to pick them. They're good ones. We had one that was very tragic and then one that's a little bit less tragic. How do you think Wes did telling them? Good. Did really good. Did miss anything? No. And good. the one with Cindy and the mountain lion, I actually read when it happened. Yeah. And it just stayed with me. I just remembered it. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many similarities. Of all the ones we've done so far, that's the only one that has almost made me cry. Oh, like, that's it was really nice, sad. Wes. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get into our categories. We're going to do them a little bit differently today since today is a special episode a for Mother's Day. Yeah, we're not going to swear <laughs> at all. No, we're going to do, rather than pick our favorite of these animals in pop culture, we're going to pick our favorite animal mom in pop culture. So it can be in movies or TV, or it can be one from actual real life. So I'm going to go first. Mine is a real life bear. It's Bear 399, which is a really famous bear in Grand Teton National Park. And she's so famous because she constantly has a bunch of cubs and they're really cute and they're really visible and people take a bunch of photos of them. So that's my favorite animal mom. Jeff? That's pop culture? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Uh, it's, it's in culture. I'm going with the mom in 101 Dalmatians. Okay. Uh, Perdida. Okay. And just that whole movie, I felt like the parent Dalmatians were really good parents. They were. Like, 101 is a lot of kids, yeah. you know? So you got to be a great mom to have that many kids and not lose a single one of them when, when some evil lady's life goal to get them all. Yeah. She didn't lose any of them and like just really did a great job, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, so I brought this up on a Patreon episode a while ago, but I'm going with Mrs. Brisby. I thought you were going to pick her. Secret. She's <laughs> just the coolest. It's from uh, The Secret of Nim. And everything she does, she's so terrified of everything in that movie, of everything she has to do. And she does it all in the name of saving her sick child, Timothy. Yeah. I rewatched it after we talked about it last time, and I really enjoyed it. And she is a really good mom. Yeah. Yeah. And like a true heroine. You know, I feel like back in the day, they didn't, they weren't that great, especially in cartoons with like strong female characters. But she's a really, really good one. So was that a animal yeah she's yes. a rat okay a or she's a okay, mouse because yeah. i was thinking oh can yeah. i choose a, a person no okay okay so i'll just i read the question wrong earlier so i didn't prep but yeah. i'll just go with bambi's mom okay because bambi's mom one. was a really good mom she dies really quick she yeah. does yeah. she does and the other <laughs> uh, and i'd like to still give um, just kidding that's um, the ultimate sacrifice yeah it's very applicable to wes's story mom sacrificing itself for the baby yes and then I'd also like to give just an award to Mowgli's wolf mom oh, because yeah. she Ooh, was a, good a really good mom to Mowgli, even though she he stood wasn't up a wolf. to a tiger for him. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a good pick. Thanks. Good I job. Always, I always really liked the wolf parents. I yeah. felt like they really cared about Mowgli. They did. It's my favorite Disney movie. Disney's built an empire off of anthropomorphizing animals. They How do you feel about that, Wes? I think that's fine because in that context, you expect an animal to be anthropomorphized. Mm. When you're listening to a science podcast about animal attacks, you don't expect them to be anthropomorphized. It's the end of the day, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. True. Yeah, nothing actually matters. Uh, Okay, so 
We're going to do our cage match category, but Mike, what I would appreciate we do this time, since this is your category. Oh, you take it. Yeah, well, no, I want you to do it, but it's <laughs> okay. going to be how my mom, Cindy Larson, would stack up against each of our animals. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do this then. Yeah. So what? how much do you weigh? First? <laughs> <laughs> what weight class are you in? Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll just put her between 100 and 180 pounds. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair window. Yeah. Uh, so what we do in this category, the cage match, is we match up the mom of the day, Cindy Larson, up against... <laughs> All of the animals that we've spoken about thus far on the podcast. So right. anything from the great white shark to the funnel web spider. Sure, the funnel web spider. And uh, let's let's see how we fall on this. What we think <laughs> she could take and, and what we think she couldn't. I think there's probably three that she has a chance against. Oh, I can only think of two. I I'm think- thinking spider, funnel web spider, and the monitor lizards yeah the other one i was thinking is the python if it's small enough mm. yeah our pythons in our stories but our full-size python she does that's gonna be tough yeah i think she could do Can the mountain lion it? the mountain lion you could fight until we get away she could do she could let us get away yeah and also honestly a lot of people do successfully fight off mountain lions yeah but if it was a fight to the death in a cage, cage match yeah. <laughs> so i couldn't have bear spray no oh, mm. okay with bear spray you're gonna in a cage you're still just gonna piss a lot of animals <laughs> okay. off uh yeah you could step on that spider so that one you winning and the monitor i think you could probably kill as well but i think or everything else is probably it. gonna yeah yeah <laughs> we don't yeah yeah we don't want to we want to put it yeah. Like, put it in submission. Well, how come uh, the spider didn't bother you? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll put a little twist on it, too. Okay, let's hear it. Am I trying to save one of your lives or not? Uh, I still think it's probably going to end up yeah? about the same. Okay. <laughs> a, funny, a, a funny side thing with that is once I asked my mom if she would go on a space shuttle to the moon oh, yeah. this to is save our life. This is my favorite question. And I she asked her. said, uh, are you dealing drugs? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, as it was. No, it was me that asked her. I asked I, her about the shuttle to the moon. Right, but the question, the actual question was, first of all, I said, if you could travel the world for a year for free or go to the moon, which would you do? And she like scoffed at me and was like, travel. And then she's like, I do not want to go to the moon. And then we slowly learned how badly mom doesn't want to go to the moon. Yeah. And so then I said, okay, someone's got a gun to my head. They're telling you they're either going to kill me or you have to go to the moon, would you go? And she said, well, why do they have a gun to your head? Were, I'm like, no, I don't said, know. And were you I dealing said, drugs? And then she's like, were you dealing drugs? <laughs> and I was just like, does it matter? <laughs> but apparently it does. Yeah. She'd rather let them kill me if I'm dealing drugs <laughs> than go to the moon. So uh, we, so we truly literally have someone playing a snare drum in the background right now. So if you yeah. guys can hear a snare drum, <laughs> sorry, about that. sorry about it. Hopefully they keep beat and it just adds to the podcast. Yeah. Sorry about that. Anyway. Next category. Our next category is what would Mike and Jeff and mom do if they were attacked by these animals? Okay. I'm going to go with the crocodile story. Yeah. Pick the one that you want to do and then you can. Yep. Yeah. So I'm the mom okay. and my kid's getting dragged off. His head's in a crocodile. Yeah. So I think it's like, I feel like sticking my fingers in its nose is like a joke answer. Yeah. But that's like awesome that that worked. And it's like a great move. So I'm just going to go with, I just 
run up there and try to crawl into the mouth with it because I don't think it could get both of us. Okay. So I would just crawl into its mouth with my kid in there already. Okay. So I either die with him or I like it's like, oh, this is too much and lets us go. Yeah, its mouth is closed on him though. How are you getting in there? Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you're done though. That was your turn. Mike? Uh, So I'm going to go with the mountain lion. Okay. And here's my strategy. I'm just going to let it have my mom. And I get away. <laughs> Perfect. Mom? Eventually. I don't. I'm going to pass on this one. You're not doing it. You're not going to do it. I can't even. Okay. I think they did perfect. Yeah. So let's get yeah. into it really quick. Your main things with the mountain lion are to maintain eye contact, stand as tall as you can. You essentially do what you do with a black bear. You look as big as you can. You wave your arms. You speak to it. You yell at it. Throw stuff at throw it. Throw at it. First, you're going to want to throw stuff around it, and then if it keeps coming, throw it actually at it. Uh, you don't want to actually bend over and pick stuff up. So if you can get it from like a trail mm. cut or off a tree or something. Because then you don't look as big. Yeah, and it, it triggers their predatory instinct to pounce. In the rare attack that you're actually, or the rare event that you're actually attacked, and it's on top of you, then you just got to fight back with everything you've got. Kind of like Cindy was doing. She's pretty small, though. She's like 5'5". Five, five. Uh, a bigger person... Or, you know, even someone that size has a chance of fighting off a mountain lion. I feel like she had a disadvantage of, like, she was just trying to hold on to it instead of fight it because she wanted her kids to get away. She also had a disadvantage that this seemed to be a particularly determined mountain lion Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah, even grouping up, I was thinking that probably wouldn't have worked. You don't know. So that's the thing I thought of when I was reading this is that had the kids stuck around and maybe tried to fight it off, it would have been too much and the lion would have taken off. But you don't know. And, you know, it might have gone back they to the They would have all kid. been hurt, probably. Yeah. So I think she probably did what was best in, in that situation. As far as crocodiles are concerned, there are a few different tips out there. So if you're in crocodile habitat, the main thing is just to avoid getting too close to water that you can't see into. Um, you want to avoid standing right next to rivers and waterways. And then you don't want to approach, obviously, like a swimming or a basking crocodile. And then if one chases you on land, there's this common misconception that you're supposed to run in a zigzag. That doesn't matter. Just run a straight line away from that crocodile as quickly as you can. That makes sense. Um, If you are actually attacked by a crocodile. Zigzags is for bow and arrows. Yeah, for bow and arrows, (laughs) Uh exactly. (laughs) If you actually are attacked by a crocodile, same as the mountain lion, you need to fight back. You hit it on the snout, I guess, put your fingers up its nostrils, <laughs> yeah. try and gouge its eyes. Any of those kind of tactics might lead it to release its or release its grip a little bit, and that gives you the opportunity to, to escape. Um, if you're attacked on land, you want to do whatever you can to stop it from dragging you into the So water. it's kind of good that it had the kid's head in its mouth. Why is that? Because then you have all four limbs you can fight it with. Yeah, but the kid wasn't really fighting back, <laughs> so but that's a great point. Okay, so that handles that category. Uh, Jeff, I think we have some special listener questions today, don't we? Yeah, so I asked people to if they had any questions for Cindy, our mom. Okay, so f- first question from Norma Rockwell 11. And mom, she wants to know, would you rather eat a meal from Cyrus, Wes, or Jeff? Cooking it? Yeah. Oh, that's a hard one. All three boys are actually very good cooks. I... Can I pass on that nope, one? No, you got to pick. There. <laughs> pick All answer. very good cooks. Uh, let's go with Wes okay. today. Hey, hey. But um, it could have been Jeff or, or Cy. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
pretty close. This is from Rory. How does one woman raise three Eagle Scouts? Well, a lot of the times they give moms credit for that, but I would give their dad the credit for that. Mm. He pretty much... You yeah. deserve a he, lot. No, he had to be in Scouts that whole... All the time. All those years when yeah. you guys were in Scouts. Your dad I, was in Scouts. All right. This is from Catherine Quinn 18 How did you pick your son's names? Oh. Well, Cyrus was... Do you want me to... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cyrus <laughs> was named after his grandfather. It went every other generation. Although Cyrus did not name his son Gilbert because it was Gilbert Cyrus, Gilbert Cyrus. Right. And then Wes... Gilbert had a best friend named Wes, and I had a really close friend named Wes. So we just, that was just Wes. And then Jeff, since we did Wes and Cyrus more for Gilbert, I had dated a lot of Jeffs. And so (laughs) I actually really liked the name Jeff and um, always thought maybe I'd marry a Jeff. So instead, I just named my son Jeff. So I was named after your ex-boyfriend. No, yeah, maybe. (laughs) I, I really loved the name Jeff. All right. And then from Daisy K. Bingham. She wants to know how you feel about Mike. Oh, I love Mike. He's like one of my favorite people to come and stay at our house. He and I have books in common. We like to talk books. He's a reader. Oh, we love each other. Yeah. Oh, Mike's one of my favorites. Mike, how do you feel about our mom? I think she's incredible. Except. (laughs) Except. (laughs) No, she's awesome. Okay. And then let's do this one for all of us. Okay. Um, It's. Ellen's O something. Okay. Uh, hopefully that's close enough. Yeah. Favorite book and favorite national park. So we've answered this in variations, but I think we can all do it. Mom, you want to... Or we'll start. I, I mean, my favorite book would have to be Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter was very... Harry Potter was like the first real book you ever got me to read because I hated reading. I was like a bad reader and then for national parks it's gotta be glacier for us me you and mom but give yeah. a shout out to the ones in utah they're pretty cool lake powell's pretty cool is that a national park it's not no, no. it's a national okay. recreation it is a cool area. Lake. that's okay. your favorite vacation spot uh okay. i would say my favorite books are probably lord of the rings books as well i also really like log from the sea of cortez by john steinbeck it's one of my favorites um and then river runs through it those three are the kind of the three that I constantly bounce back and forth between. And then, yeah, my favorite national park is Glacier. Mike? I So I never know what is a national park and what isn't. Um, I know last time we had a, a variation of this question. I said the Okie Finoki in yeah, Georgia. Not, I don't think. I don't think it is, but I'm going to go with that because okay. <laughs> I can run down a list of parks that I know. Yeah. I probably haven't even been to. That are national? Yeah, I think the Okefenokee is a national wildlife refuge, but I'm not okay. sure. Well, but that but what about it. We're books? Count it. You read a ton of books. Yeah, so what's your favorite book? My favorite book is Catch-22. Interesting. I know. Ooh. I think we've had this conversation yeah, before. Uh, yeah. Joseph Heller's masterpiece. It is uh, endlessly entertaining. Well, then you always get it when someone says it was a Catch-22. Mom, what's your favorite book? Okay, so I have... Your big so reader. many favorite books. Yeah. But I'm going to just go with one that we read together, um, that we read together when you guys were growing up. Yeah. Because it's my favorite one to read with kids, and it's Owls in the Family. Oh, yeah. I love that book. It was just, and we laughed so hard. We were crying sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a true story. So that, that was a good one. A young adult book, I like The Thief. And, uh, but then there's just so many other books yeah. I really love. Well, that's good enough. Yeah. What's your favorite national park? 
Oh, Glacier. Glacier. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Yellowstone's probably second. Probably. Uh, from Bear Tender, uh, where do you stand on the legitimacy of cake and ice cream as a single dessert? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she um, was in the I argument. Think, didn't I agree with you, Jeff? No, you agreed with me. I don't remember. I agreed it's with one Wes. That's desserts. okay. Yeah. But it seems like she's switching sides. Yeah, I no. honestly, there's been some good arguments on that thread. Yeah. You're coming around a I'm little not, bit. I'm not, but I am, we, I am it's open been to discussed. the argument now. It's, I go back and forth. All right, and then a lot of people wanted to know this, but I'm going with Nicole Riley's. Uh-huh. Um, they want to know what we were like as kids, me, Wes, and Cy, and if you have any embarrassing stories. Okay, so Cyrus is the oldest, and then Wes was two years later, and then Jeff was five years later. And so Cyrus was interested in everything, but when Wes was born, Wes was only interested in animals. And they were mean animals, not nice animals. So even when we <laughs> aggressive. went... Aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. <laughs> aggressive, sorry. Yeah. But even when we went to the library, we couldn't just... You know, there's lots of animal stories where the animal goes home with a child. And even if it's a lion or a tiger and then they're friends, we couldn't find those stories. We had to find stories where the animal would eat people. <laughs> Which is really hard when you're trying to find children's stories. Yeah. We finally did find a few, and then we checked them out like every time we went to the library. I did and lots then, of drawings of animals. Yeah, Wes did drawings, too. but then also he was a storyteller. Oh, big, big surprise. And so we would film him, we would videotape him because it was just so funny. He had a speech impediment, and the Wyan queeped up, <laughs> and the Tyrannosaurus flex <laughs> bit him, and there were three drops of blood and just really funny they're just so they were and his eyes were all glowy and even now he, and then his Cy eye, would like pop in and be like yeah grandpa there's dinosaurs over here and they'd be like and okay cared. Wes is telling a story yeah. and so then when Jeff was born five years later it was just kind of a done deal everything in our house was animals like animal cards, animal puzzles, and Cy and Jeff both like sports too, but Wes, Wes was, we made him play Little League Baseball, yes. and we watched him, and he's out there chasing bees and butterflies on the field. <laughs> but with Jeff, I just wanted to tell a little story about Jeff too. So Jeff was born without the fear factor to take care of him, and he just... He just didn't have it. Like he would jump off cliffs into water without checking if it was shallow or <laughs> deep. Or we had to all watch Jeff. But um, it came in. It came into play when Jeff was three. Wes had this big garter snake, and we had an aquarium outside because they lost the snakes in the house, and so we, they had to stay outside. Wes wanted me to bring his snake to show and tell. And so his teacher said I had to drive it there and then drive it home. He couldn't just bring it. And so we got ready to go. Jeff and I were going to take it to Wes's school. And I look in the aquarium and it's this big, it's a big snake. And it was really active. It was like thrashing around in the aquarium. And I, I was like, hmm, I don't want to pick up that snake. And so... And I have held snakes. I mean, I'm not afraid of them, but I just really didn't want to get it. So I just looked at my three-year-old and said, hey, Jeff, will you put that snake in the shoebox for me? And Jeff just walked over and grabbed the snake and put it in the shoebox. And off we went. That's great. All right. Good. Good well, stories. I think that's pretty good for listener yeah. questions. Yeah. Good job, Mom. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for asking those. That was fun. Yeah, this has been a fun episode. Um, okay, so we got a couple more quick categories. 
First of all, I want to do a really quick correction corner. Uh, we had uh, a comment about Boxing Day that they gave me a lot more information on what Boxing Day actually is. You'll remember in our Spider episode, we talked about Boxing Day a little bit. Yeah, second um, Christmas. Yeah, that's what I said. But what they said, <laughs> let me read it here really quick. It's like oh, no. lots of deals like Black Friday. Yeah, they said Boxing Day rocks, uh, and it's like a second Christmas, but not really. It's like a day of playing with your new stuff and eating leftovers, and there's sales, and people go shopping, and it's not like a statutory holiday, but people recognize it as one. And then she also corrected me. I was trying to find the word. Uh, Canada and and like Australia and everything, they're commonwealths of the UK. Right. Whereas we like declared independence from the UK. That's that's how they're different. Anyway, that was Haley has that corrected on us. So Boxing thank you. Day sounds pretty fun. It does. It sounds yeah. nice because there's a real Christmas hangover after Christmas, and yeah. it'd be nice to have a buffer. When for we that. go to Australia, we should go when it's Boxing Day. Uh, okay. Is yeah. that? Okay. The 26th? Yeah, that'd be over Christmas. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm game. <laughs> All right. And then another correction <laughs> planning, we had. Planning an Australian vacation around Boxing Day is, I mean, let's well, go for it. It's yeah. summer. It's summer in Australia. <laughs> That's true. And That's true. Yeah. And it's another winter in Montana. There we so. go. I'm just perpetuating the American so. ignorance. Mike, don't ruin our, our Don't ruin this vacation for okay. us. No, I, uh, I'm not going. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, maybe you will. What? Uh, oh, yeah. There's a bunch of dangerous <laughs> yeah, animals. Yeah, we can do podcasts. Outside. Uh, <laughs> I'm going outside. Also, someone mentioned we when we were talking about Home Alone and the tarantula being put on the face, I accidentally said Harry was the one that got the tarantula put on his face. It's Marv. Mars. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. thinking. Okay, so I uh, wrote in under a fake account to let you know. That, that. was you. Then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I forget who corrected us with that, but thank you. Okay, and then our last two categories, how are we messing things up for them? So mountain lions, it's mostly habitat destruction, and then um, in some places, overly aggressive hunting. Um, they've been pushed to the brink in a lot of places, and luckily they're a cat that does pretty well living on the fringes of society, but they do um, cause a fair amount of human conflict. So um, we've, we've messed things up pretty substantially for mountain lions. Nile crocodiles are doing pretty good, as we mentioned. There's a lot of them, but they are poached. Um, their skins are sold. They're poached for bush meat. There's a few different a ways. Ton people of people wear them. them as shoes. It's true. Crocs. Yeah. But um, luckily they're doing pretty well. Okay. So finally, our last category, we usually do, do we like these animals? Today we're just going to do, does mom like these animals? So mom, do you like mountain lions? I'm. I, they're probably the ones I'm most scared of. I'm Still? more scared than a bear. Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. Because mm-hmm. they're sneaky. Yeah. Fair enough. So <laughs> yeah. that's a no. Oh, that's a human, that's a <laughs> human emotion again? Well, sneaking, okay. uh, sneaking like okay. isn't that yeah. bad because so, they do sneak around. So yeah. I think I like them from the car, but I don't actually want to be in the wilderness with I them. Actually, I think sneaking is an Sne- animal. Sneaking. That it's we, an animal characteristic that, that we, we attribute to humans. That's pretty fair. You know? But you, then, do, you think they belong in the wilderness. I and do. You're happy I they're think in they're the beautiful. I, w- okay. I, love, I would love to see them Have more. you ever seen one in the wild? Yeah, just a couple times. But um, They saw one at Como Lake. And yeah. Some, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. But, um, um, yeah, but I, they are. You're well, a little afraid of them. Well, I hike. Yeah. Like, and I just but think. You don't, I mean, carry your bear spray. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. And then how about Nile crocodiles? Um, she, she, I want you to, she grimaced, <laughs> she grimaced at me when I said that one. So again, I, I'm pretty, those, I just don't think I'd really have a chance against. Yeah. I don't even know if I could save you. Yeah. And so, um, that one makes, I think they're really fascinating, but I don't really want to, 
be I don't really want to come in contact with one. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So she doesn't really like either of these animals. <laughs> <laughs> I think the rest of us do quite a bit. But yeah. We'll, yeah. we've already done mountain lions and we'll get into crocodiles at some point. I would like to clarify. Okay. I think I would. I do like mountain lions. I'm yeah. really glad they exist. I just don't want to meet up with them and I am afraid of them. Okay. Well, hopefully over time through this podcast, we'll help you get rid of some of your fear. I know that's not really <laughs> working for you. But anyway, thanks so much, guys, uh, f- for being here for this special episode uh, for Mother's Day. I, I actually do have something I want to bring up. Oh, let's hear it. Uh, maybe it's just Cindy here. It's got me feeling a little sentimental. Okay. Yeah. This is the second episode in which I've made a fairly tasteless joke about my mom. Yeah. Um, and I have no doubt that had she the opportunity, she would sacrifice her life to save her children. Yeah. And uh, this being a Mother's Day celebration, I thought maybe I should clear the air a little bit. My mom actually passed away earlier this year, and it's been a, a, a hard few months. So I just want people to know that I guess humor is the way I approach these kinds of life events it's yeah. just kind of how our brains are wired in the smith family and we just find a little bit of the humor in the morbid and uh i just want to say that i love her and she's the best person i ever knew yeah we yeah. love your mom too we definitely yeah, miss her i loved your mom yeah. yeah it's sad having one less listener <laughs> one of my favorite facts about your mom is that she never beat you at any games that she always let you win oh it's so sweet she was she really never so allow nice. herself to beat us at anything yeah. she had so many opportunities but she just loved us that much yeah, yeah. no she was like she's well, great the nicest lady i've ever yeah. met sorry mom it's okay i i know i'm not the <laughs> nicest <laughs> i won't go to the moon uh, uh, no but she was super nice yeah thanks for saying that mike we all do really miss her and we're glad that you're part of the podcast. Yeah. 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 Hopefully people made it this far so they don't just hear me yeah. telling terrible, <laughs> awful jokes about my mom. I don't, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> thanks everyone again for being here. Mom, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Um, we really appreciate you being here and, and for sending those stories along. Thanks for making my life more interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. We'll see you. See you. Bye. Love your moms. Yeah. All right, it's that time of the show where we finally get to recognize the true stars of the show, you new subscribers to our Patreon account. You guys are awesome. Uh, Quite frankly, you uh, make this whole thing so much more fun to work on for us, and we truly appreciate it. So let's get to it. We've got uh, Devin, Claire, Trudy, Alyssa, Elliot, Asia, Nicole, Cameron, Courtney, Taryn, Lily, Randy, Christina, Celestina, Marjorie, Jordan, Josh, Cindy, David, Holly, DJ, Leonella, Gabriella, Emily, Jade, Brianna, Billy Ray, CJ, Oliver, Samantha, and Lewis. Thank you all so much. We hope that we're making it worth your while and worth the money that you're helping support us with. And we love hearing from you guys. So send us a message over Patreon or at Instagram or wherever. We love talking to you guys. So uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks again. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. 
Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.